we are the Giants Backlog. <clears throat> we play a game every two weeks and talk about it. This week, it's my pick, Ace Combat 7. <clears throat> you may notice we're one Giant short today. Uh, Gradle stubbed his toe pretty bad this morning, so he's not able to make it this week. But we'll keep him in our thoughts. <clears throat> Hopefully... Next two weeks, he's feeling better, good enough to join the podcast. I'm joined by co-host Paul and John. hey Yeah, I already mentioned it. We're talking about Ace Combat 7. There'll be a lot of spoilers, so heads up. If you haven't played the game, go play it. If you plan to, we'll still be here. Or... If you don't care about spoilers, just listen to us talk about it. All right, opening. We start every episode with an opening topic. This week, I would like to start talking about uh, our previous episodes. So, kind of want to talk to you guys about which episodes were your favorite. Which ones did you not like so much? Maybe this will help some people who are just jumping in on the more recent ones to go back and and check out some of our good episodes that we've done. Disclaimer, the audio is pretty bad on those old ones, but if you can stick it out for it, there's some good game discussion. So, Paul, name some of your favorites and why. Did you like the game recording or, or playing the game for the recording, or did you like our discussion on it? Kind of. Yeah, so for me, Shadow of the Colossus. I never would have played that game if Alec hadn't picked it. And it's probably one of my favorite games that I've ever ever played now. Um, The discussion was interesting. It's always fun to talk about games with your friends. But just now that I, like, after playing that game, I just see its influences in so many of the other games that I've played. Like, I still think about Shadow of the Colossus a lot. And I I never would have played it if Alec hadn't picked it. So it wasn't in my backlog, but it should have been. Uh, The Resident Evil 4 episode was also one of my favorites. Game that I picked had been in my backlog for a long time. I know John and Alec weren't fans of that one. But I'm so happy that you played it and you loved it, Jay. And I listen to a lot of like gaming podcasts where they talk about they're all kind of older than us, older critics, but they're like Resident Evil 4 when it came out in 2005. That was my shit. I was I was only 10 when that game came out, so I was a little a little young to play that one, but revisiting it uh in 2022 I think it aged really well. I know John and Grado disagreed, but it was so fun playing through a game like that with my friends and talking about it. Okay. <clears throat> John, what were some of your favorites? I think my favorite was my original pick, Cuphead, because that was the one that was truly always on my backlog. Uh, as as people know, I mean, if you're jumping in now, uh, I didn't really have a very big backlog since we've started this podcast. I've, it's grown and grown uh, the more I've learned about games. Uh, but that Cuphead episode, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a game that I, I really liked and it was funny talking and seeing how frustrated Jay you got 
uh, during that episode. So I think there's some good some good stuff in there. So that would be one of my favorites. Yeah, <clears throat> a couple of my favorites. So I really liked uh, Hellblade just because it's my favorite game ever, and I was able to force you guys to play it, and you all ended up loving it as well. So that was validating for me. And also, I I think there's some really funny stuff in um, in getting over it, <laughs> which uh, uh, you wouldn't think would be a good game to play because there's not really a story. Um, but it, it, like John said, it's funny when people get frustrated, especially your friends, because we can all point and laugh at them. What about some of your least favorites, guys? Which ones didn't you like and why? I mean, I think... Yeah, I'll go. I think... I think that my least favorites are the ones that I wouldn't recommend are just ones that have poor audio. Uh, those would be basically the string of four or five that we did in... Alex living room that had the dogs their oh, claws yeah. across the floor the whole time <clears throat> or before I put down the poker chips uh, so I mean those ones if you're gonna listen to those like I think the content there is good but uh, I think you gotta take it with a grain of salt that we're, we were still figuring out how to how to record and make these sound uh, acceptable so I think those would be the ones that, you know, if you click on that and you are put off by by that background noise, uh, just know that, you know, we're working on getting better and we have some episodes that are uh, better in, in the audio. Yeah, I'll jump off on that one. My least favorite episode that we did was probably the ukulele episode, which I think was the first one we recorded in Gradle's living room. Audio on that episode isn't good. We didn't realize at the time that the sound of the dog like tapping their paws on the floor was going to be so loud and kind of grating. And it's such a low noise level that it's really hard to remove if it's happening while somebody's talking. So yeah, sorry about that one. I also just really didn't enjoy that game. I think I gave it a 6.5. Um, I was a big Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie fan. So I was really excited at the thought of playing through ukulele, but I was disappointed in it ultimately. Uh, the other game that I didn't, the other episode, and it's not so much the discussion, it's more of the game, Wardroof. That game just really felt like a chore to play. And I was just relieved when I beat it because I beat it for game club. I think if I had just picked that one up and played through it by myself, I would have dropped it probably after the first a couple stages but i persevered and i beat it and like for what it's worth if you're a fan of that genre you'd probably and i think i said this in that episode you'd probably really like that game it's just it's not a game for me cool well hopefully this helps people listening to this episode, if you're interested in some of our old uh, podcasts, go check them out. And just be forewarned, 
Audio's not great, but we're improving. We're working right. on it. We know, guys. <laughs> yeah. But feel free to leave a comment saying terrible audio. It's fine. We we appreciate all feedback. Yeah. <laughs> so now that we've all played Ace Combat, let's jump into Ace Combat. Let me write down my time code. So what are your guys's hot takes on Ace Combat 7? Hopefully you've thought about yes, it. Yes, I can go first. It's not a surprise. I ask for hot takes every episode. I have a good one for this one. My hot take is you can carry over 100 missiles on your plane and bombs, but only five flares. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> Bullshit. Killed my immersion. That's pretty good. Hot take. John, you got one? Yeah, my hot take is they need to do a better job naming these countries because I could not keep them straight. <laughs> it's, it's, you want to talk about killing my immersion. It's like they're talking about Oceana and Eurasia. And I'm like, is that the good guys? Is that the bad guys? I'm pausing the game, like Googling which one's the good guys, which one's the bad guys. I'm like, let's just make the names a little more different. They're uh, they're all bad guys. Yeah. Which one were we? I don't even know. I have they're that all same, the same note. Name. I have that same note after like Machine Eighteen. It's like, who am I? Which one am I fighting for again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. My hot take is this game has one of the best stories in of a game that came out in 2019. Uh, get at me in the comments if you disagree. So let's move on to introduction of the game. This game was developed and published by Bandai Namco. Um, it released on January 18th, 2019, so right at the beginning of the year. But unfortunately, with games that come out right at the beginning of the year, when it comes time to Game of the Year discussions, they're forgotten about. Uh, there's a The world's fastest speedrun was done in 3 hours and 37 minutes. So any Giants of Backlog listeners, you want to go try to take that gold medal away from Nishin 11? Let us know if you do. Moving on to development. So this was the first Ace Combat game made in Unreal Engine 4. Uh, they had a uh, uh, engine that was just for Ace Combat games, but it wasn't really working out for them very well. And when Tekken 7 used Unreal Engine 4, I guess the team working on Ace Combat 7 thought it would work for their game. And this is the first Ace Combat game that has the clouds affect your plane when you're flying. I thought that was a cool little note. So, <clears throat> and also I have a note in here about VR. So they put a lot of development into VR of this game, but they made it exclusive to PlayStation VR. 
Oh, Is I didn't this know a that. game you guys would be interested in playing in VR? Yeah, I would try it in VR. I haven't. I don't have a lot of experience with VR. I feel like this is a game that if you get motion sick from VR, <laughs> you definitely get motion sick. But I mean, it's with people who like flight simulator type games. I'm sure they'd be all about playing this game in VR, having that 360 degree view. Yeah, I think it's kind of a great fit for VR. Um, I'm someone who gets motion sick in VR. And so you're already, you know, sitting in a cockpit of a plane. So I wonder if I wouldn't get so motion sick because it'd be like looking around in an airplane. And I wonder if <clears throat> it's fun to play or if it's easier to control with, uh, well, I guess <clears throat> PlayStation VR, you just use the regular PlayStation controller, right? Or do they have move sticks? I don't know. Not sure. They only have the Oculus. What do you think, John? I think it'd be cool. Um, I'm just trying to think how it would work. If it would really make you feel like you're an airplane. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I don't have much experience with VR, so I, I don't really have too much to add here. Yeah, well, I don't think you'd feel like you're the airplane. You'd feel like you're the pilot. Uh, so the directors of this game are Yuta Hamanaka, Masashi Koyanagi, and producers are Kazutoko Kono, and Manabo Shimamoto. Hopefully I got those names right. Nailed it. <laughs> Let's move on to art. What do you guys think about the art style of this game? They were kind of going for pretty realistic. So, Paul, what are your thoughts on art and graphics? Yeah, so you mentioned it's made with Unreal Engine 4. Looks really good I think really realistic I spent a decent amount of time just in the hangar kind of just scrolling over the plane models in there and really detailed really cool um, it reminded me of Kerbal Space Program how you can just kind of look at your thing in the shuttle bay before you go launch it and you can see all the bombs, all the missiles that are loaded on your plane. So they took a lot of care to get the models right. In the credits for this game, too, there's like shouts out to um, Boeing and Lockheed Martin and some of the other military contract companies that make these uh, planes the models are based on. So they took a lot of time and effort to make these look as realistic as possible and it's really cool yeah i played a few or no i played ace combat zero as a kid for the ps2 i want to say and honestly i didn't realize they still made these when you picked this game i didn't realize it was a 2019 game i thought it was going to be like a 2010 game which i mean 
not too much time there, but still like a lot of time in video game world, I think. Uh, so playing it, I didn't realize how new and good it was going to look. Uh, and that was one of my main takeaways was compared to the games that are in this uh, <clears throat> in this series that I played previously. I just thought this looked so, so good. Uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'll echo it. It looks beautiful, especially from afar. When you start <clears throat> flying really close to the ground or close to objects, you kind of can see the textures but these areas are so big i don't know if at the time for xbox one and playstation 4 if, if it was possible to make those look better <clears throat> i am looking forward to the next one i think it's going to look gorgeous which hopefully there's a new one coming out soon <clears throat> what are your guys's thoughts on the music I can start. Uh, I like the music at first. In a lot of these missions, they're... the loop time was too short, I thought. It ended up getting annoying with the music restarting over and over again. Especially if you're stuck on a mission for a while, it gets pretty old and annoying, I thought. Yeah, I didn't really notice the music too much in this one it's got i guess a little bit of like high energy feel to it um but in general didn't really notice it didn't really even notice it was looping how long yeah how long did uh did like the track last before it looped i don't know maybe like 30 seconds it was too short but oh, some so of the music hear. like the last mission music was really good i thought yeah, I agree John, with that. You don't pay attention to music, so you probably... No, I honestly, I'm trying to think. I can't even remember it. Uh, I I was just immersed in flying my plane, so I, I don't even know if I heard it. I had the music cranked because for I played most of this game on Steam Deck, and I don't know if this is uh, just with that version, but I had the volume cranked because the dialogue volume was way lower than the music volume so if i wanted to hear people and i didn't go in the settings and turn the music down i just cranked it so the music was blasting in my ears while i was playing this but it was high energy and it was an, it added to the intensity of the experience so didn't mind it it, it kind of sounded like the music in a pacific rim movie if that gives you an idea um, next storytelling style so I'd like to break this down into there's really like three areas that conveyed the story to you the first was in the cutscenes right in between missions the second was in the pre-mission briefing which a lot of times had nothing to do with the cutscene you just watched and then the third part of the story was over the radio just while you're flying around what do you guys think about the style they conveyed the story to you in this game uh 
Um, I think it's all right. I ha I don't have a ton of experience with like these dog fighting games. I played only ever one like true dog fighting game. It was Blazing Angels Squadrons of World War II. It came out in 2006. I played it on my 360 sometime around then. And the presentation was the same. The mission, before the mission, there was a cutscene kind of advancing the story and explaining to you what you're going to do on this mission. And then you just have your squad mates talking with you as things happen during the mission. Um, I thought, what did I say in my notes? I thought the dialogue with your squad mates and with command during the missions um, was just a lot of people yelling, trigger, pull up. And I didn't get as much from it. Like I didn't get a great sense of bonding with my squad. Like Count, I thought Count was cool. But other than Count, there weren't really any other characters in the squad who I connected with and really had a sense of identity. I think, like, I think the fact that our character doesn't talk, right, we're just silent the whole time, I think it takes away from, you know, that bond and stuff like that. If our, if our character was bantering back and forth with Count, maybe there'd be more connection there or with any of the other, uh, any of the other pilots, then, you know, we'd have more of a connection with those uh, other pilots in the sky. Especially, I feel like the gameplay, you kind of don't need to be completely on the same page with your other pilots. So because of that, you know, you're not really working in tandem. You're kind of, I mean, at least for me, I was kind of doing my own thing. So I can see what you're saying about uh, those relationships not feeling super strong. Flushed when, out. You know, you think if, if that's your squadron that should be, you know, really tight. It kind of works for this game, though, because, like, in the cutscenes and in, like, the briefs, like, Trigger's the man. Like, he kind of reminded me of Doom Guy, like, silent protagonist who everybody just reveres by the end of the game. Like, there's this quote on one of the last missions where it's like, if Trigger's ready to kick some ass, sign me up. So that was, it kind of fits, but... If you stay close to trigger, you'll make it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I thought the cutscenes were were pretty entertaining and good. Uh, it was kind of the carrot to get through each mission. I was looking forward to the next cutscene, see what's going on in this world, in this crazy story. And then the mission briefs were okay. They were necessary, I guess, to set up what you're about to do. Uh, in, in some of them, they gave critical information, like that mission where you have to fly around the silo with your no, nose pointed at the silo so that the bomb can hit its mark. So the briefings were were okay and i got fed up with uh the banter uh going back and forth especially on games or missions where i would have to restart a lot because i was dying a lot it was the same exact uh 
audio clips every single time i'd be like laughing maniacally and repeating word for word at the same time they say it you know at the beginning of the mission because most of the missions start you like a mile away and you have to fly towards where you're going while they're saying the same shit to you over and over again i just i wish they would have changed it up when you died or stopped saying it after a while but you know whatever maybe that was just me who was dying a lot <clears throat> yeah i didn't I die loved... that much but i played on easy yeah same i loved the post-mission overview like just the triangles flying through the sky and taking stuff out i i really enjoyed watching you know it it, it recapped your mission and if you want to sit there for half an hour and watch the whole mission, you could. But I, I liked sitting there for you know a few minutes, just watching the beginning, watching the triangles fly around each other, and me taking out other planes. I thought I thought that the post mission uh, recap was really cool. Yeah, and you can watch it all recapped, you know, from different camera views too on your plane. They like have a little recording after, which is kind of cool. Okay, let's move on to mechanics. So, what system did everybody play on? PC, Steam Deck. I played on Xbox. So, and what what difficulty you both said you played on easy? Yeah, I think I played on normal with expert controls. And to anybody who hasn't played the game yet, I'd really recommend Expert Controls. Because instead of turning, you're playing like this. You, When you turn, your plane goes like this. And then you have to pull up to turn. It just kind of made it more realistic, I thought. But some of the missions became incredibly impossible, like the final mission we'll talk about doing it with that controls going through the tunnels i died so many times <laughs> it was ridiculous um so <clears throat> uh what are your guys's thoughts on the difficulty options yeah really quick if you play without expert controls you're just driving a car through the air <laughs> is what i would equate it to um difficulty there were i think four selectable difficulties there's expert like hard mode normal easy and then there was very easy um so easy the missions you can pretty much just ignore other planes nobody's gonna do enough damage to you it's really easy to shake missiles as they're coming in so you can really just focus on uh, your targets, your objectives, and you don't have to worry too much about maneuvering to avoid damage. It's really forgiving. You can take a lot of damage too. So even if you're not dodging missiles, you can probably get hit by four or five missiles before it'll blow your plane up. Yeah. Um, on my difficulty, it was with the earlier planes, it was two missiles and you're dead. And with some of the later planes, they could take three missiles, and and then you ha had like the healing mods and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought easy was a good difficulty just for 
having a fun experience. <clears throat> I didn't get frustrated at all during the game. Uh, didn't didn't uh, die very much. When I did, it was because I got too low and crashed into something. But even if you crashed at like a shallow angle, it would bounce you back into yeah. the sky. <laughs> you could mod your plane so you'd take less collision damage as well. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I don't think it was like the most realistic uh, setting, but it was fun. It was a setting that made the game not too difficult, made it so you could progress without uh, too much effort, and it was just a fun experience overall. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on on difficulty is uh, you have to choose it at the beginning of the game and you can't change it. Uh, they let you know that in that uh, menu. So is that the same with the expert controls? Or if you have expert controls on, can you not change that throughout the game? I'm not sure. I think you can change the control style. Okay. But gotcha. Don't quote me. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I I guess I assumed that you couldn't, so I didn't want to try that and then get stuck and spend, you know, 20 extra hours on this game than I wanted to. I think the way I played it, like driving a car through the sky on easy mode was uh, it was fun for me and I enjoyed it so yeah it was like an uh, arcade just stuck with that. plane game yeah yeah um so briefly let's touch on how long it took everybody to complete my end game time was 19 hours 19 and a half I think oh uh, I was at like 10 or 11 hours it took me like half an hour per mission. Yeah, I didn't check mine, so I would assume about the same as Paul. Yeah, I think how long to beat says, I don't know, like 15 or 16, so. Probably if you're playing on higher difficulty than easy, then you're dying and you have to start over because the checkpoint system isn't especially generous in this game the couple times i did die i basically had to start the mission over yeah you get all the way to the end of a mission and you don't have enough points and you have to start over from the beginning you're out of missiles and you have to shoot everything down with your machine gun (laughs) (laughs) so what did you guys think about the aircraft tree and unlocking stuff with credits as you go and uh, were there any mods or weapons you guys liked a lot and thought made things really easier? Or... I liked the progression tree. At first I was intimidated by it when I saw how big it was, and I accidentally spent credits on multiplayer-only um, upgrades a couple times, but the game's really generous with credits, even on easy. Like I, By the end of my playthrough, I probably was close to unlocking everything for the campaign the mods i tended to put on were increasing my my missile power and my special weapon power and then if i had room left on my plane just things to make me uh faster more maneuverable i didn't use the uh upgrade tree i think i upgraded one thing really and then i played the whole game with, you uh, the that whole game on with the no basics. parts. I you automatically unlocked some parts. So I think I had like five parts of that. Wow, it was all right. 
I don't know, man. It's like so complicated. I just wanted to fly. Yeah, it was intimidating. I will say, like, I had, I was really intimidated by how big the tree was and what everything did at first. But it really wasn't that bad, John. Once you started looking at it, I've played so RPGs with way more complicated skill trees. Well, once you picked like a path, like you could just keep upgrading that path all the way to the end. That's what I did. And yeah, I I always get like uh, I don't know if, if intimidated is the word, but I get stingy with my money, my in-game money in games, and so like I didn't know if I'd have enough to unlock everything. So thinking about multiplayer, because the only time we played this game prior to playing this campaign right now was playing multiplayer. And I was thinking, oh, I want to have the best plane for multiplayer when we when we do hop back into this game uh, for that. So I'm going to save all my credits, and at the end, I'll figure out what the very best plane is, and I'll buy it using all these credits I have. But it sounds like maybe you can just buy everything anyway, so maybe that wasn't uh, no, the move. You couldn't buy everything, but for the past the last couple missions, I had a plane unlocked at the very end of the skill tree. And it had like really good maneuverability and could take more hits and uh, was more powerful. And it really helped me out having a better plane. You know, every couple missions, it made it easier for me because that beginning plane, especially with expert controls, I was crashing a lot just because I couldn't turn so quick. But with the end plane, I could like get really close to the ground, like go like thread the needle in between cliffs. Like it was, I think having a better plane made the game more fun, at least for me. Yeah, and if I was playing on a higher difficulty, I assume it would be necessary to figure out how to optimize your plane for each mission and make sure you bring in the right weapons and all that. I was just flying around. Yeah, so there was this one missile I bought. It was air-to-ground missile, and it was like a giant bomb. So there was like that one mission where there's a whole ton of stuff on the ground all closely together. I'd shoot one missile and kill like 10 things. And so like I was way over the score, got a ton of credits from that because I, I got like an A rank. <laughs> on the mission and uh yeah that that bomb ended up being like my go-to for all the all the stuff i had to fight on the ground and then later on on the aircraft at the very end of the tree i think i had like it was called like eight I don't know. You could shoot out eight missiles and they would all seek to ground targets. So yeah. you just fly over something, everything dies. You know, it was made you feel really powerful. Um, so yeah, I I liked the aircraft tree. I thought it was cool, and I could see how that could become addicting because. You get bonus credits for beating a mission on your first try. You get bonus credits for, you know, the score you get. You get bonus credits for your time. So it it might be fun 
and you get a bunch of credits for multiplayer too so just playing missions you could probably rack up a lot more and there's a battle royale in this game did you guys know that no, no. that's awesome that new? Just everybody goes in no it's not new it came out at launch wow 2019s was the year of battle royales i think but that seems really fun you get dropped in with like 50 planes everybody's on their own you know just try to be the last one alive that sounds awesome one one comment on multiplayer we were playing multiplayer without high g turns no wonder we had no shot yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we were playing multiplayer with the worst plane in the game <laughs> doing uh basic controls like yeah we were getting destroyed for a reason <clears throat> So let's move on to the story missions uh, quickly. Did you guys have a favorite and which mission was it? Um, I really like the one where you, I think it's 14 or 15 when you're fighting over Front Bronte, the capital of um, Eurasia just fighting with flying in between the skyscrapers and it's i'm pretty sure it's just a score rack mission you just gotta blow shit up it was a lot of fun and i think at the end of it mr x shows up that's probably my favorite i liked mission 14 the one that uh you start by going through the mountain pass to get to the base and then there's like uh different naval targets to hit and all that uh, I love me a good fly through the mountain pass, dodge the, the spotlights mission. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention that mission too. That one was really cool. Nighttime, flying through the crevice, you know, it gets really tight at some points. It was it took me a couple tries because of expert controls, but like barely like making it around a, a turn and just ducking under a spotlight. That was really fun. And I also really liked the final mission, Mission 20, even though it took me multiple hours to beat. It was just so awesome going through the tunnels, flying up the space elevator. Like I kept calling it Space Needle. What? When they, I kept like referring to it in my notes as the Space Needle. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was a good final mission, you know, culmination of taking down the threat which has now changed you know to be the drones what was everybody's least favorite mission for my for me it was that mission it's pretty early in the game it's uh where you have to blow up a bunch of shit on the ground and for the longest time i didn't realize there was a certain score like in the top left corner you had to hit so <clears throat> i uh would like feel like I destroyed a ton of shit and they'd say, Oh, you didn't destroy enough. I was like, what do you mean? And I'd have to restart from the beginning. I spent maybe half of my playtime on this mission. And the time I beat it, I like I had no missiles left. I was trying to like just a couple hundred shy had to blow stuff up with my machine gun and 
the miss missiles do reload on their own two at a time you know every couple minutes so it cut it really close i finally beat it and from there on out it was smooth sailing until the the final mission for me my least favorite mission was it was an earlier one too you were at the prison probably the maybe it was the first one at the prison they didn't they didn't turn your weapons on so you just had to fly around and be decoys for like five minutes and then maybe i don't know maybe longer but then they turn your missions on and you have to eliminate all the threats and you only have so much time to do it and it's you don't have a lot of missiles either so it was kind of hard i failed that one a couple times just because i ran out of time but it just wasn't fun spending five ten minutes flying around not being able to engage in combat i'd say for me it was either the the one you referenced already the target the silos one or you have to fly slow at different silos but that mission wasn't very long. I just didn't care for that mechanic. Um, or taking out the arsenal birds. I liked the premise of taking out the arsenal birds, but it's just a lot of time of just flying behind them and shooting and taking out 15 targets on them and stuff is there's drones behind you. and I don't know. It, it, it seemed hectic, but it wasn't like... I don't know, maybe it's because it was uneasy. It wasn't as crazy as it should have felt. And it was just a lot of doing a circle, getting back behind the arsenal bird, and repeat. Yeah, it was pretty hectic on the higher difficulty. I, I would, The drones would be beating me up, so I'd have to shoot the arsenal board, bird while doing evasive maneuvers. It was pretty tough. I'm surprised that none of us picked uh, escort mission as one of our least favorites. You guys like the escort missions? And yes, I liked how they did it because when there was a threat to the um, whoever you're escorting, it would flash and it would switch your target to that one automatically. So it was pretty easy to switch off of whatever target I was pursuing and clear the threat on um, the escort. The one mission really quick before John that I also didn't like was that mission in the desert where you're flying through the sandstorm and you have to just find the trucks. They don't show up on your radar. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that was the worst one. I almost failed that one because I was running out of time and I just spent so Same. long just flying and there's like no planes in the air by me because I shot them all down just looking for these last couple fucking trucks. I had one to go and it's like I'm in my last minute and then through the radio they're like it looks like there's a truck about to escape to the north i'm like thank you <laughs> thank you so much so i went and uh, just checked the entire north edge and found it finally but yeah just flying around in circles through the dust not finding anything was annoying yeah i had to redo that one a number of times but thankfully it was merciful with its checkpoint so you didn't have to destroy the whole city again. It just started you out, you know, looking for the trucks. Yeah. But similarly, I'd be down to one or two and not able to find them. I run out of time and like, okay, whatever. I'll redo this whole 10 minute section again. So. Yeah. So do you guys think, well, another one that 
you know, it was kind of, I kind of liked it and I didn't like it at the same time was when you don't know who's friend or foe. You have to like get up close to them before it like tells it. And I died a lot on that mission. Cause well, that was I, like the last like four missions or something, right? Because they knocked out your radio. Did it come back at then? Yeah, I think it might have been like mission 15 or 16. It was near the end. Yeah, it's after the battle for the capital. But I'd be flying at these things. They'd be shooting missiles at me. And I'd be like, okay, cool. So, like, I'm just taking free damage. And then I would die, restart. I'd already know which ones are friend and foe. And I'd blow them up before IDing them. And they'd be like, don't blow them up before you ID them. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. I already know. So, Yeah. Uh, there there were like a solid four or five escort missions in the game um, but yeah so my last one is any missions you guys get stuck on or is it just me no I think just because we were playing on easy yeah so I, I do briefly want to talk about the last mission going into that fucking tunnel was so hard because I'm flying and like it doesn't fly straight so like I have to like correct I get too close to this side I have to turn and then pull and then like go back and then like so I'm like going through this tunnel like really like clenching to try to not hit the walls the gates would be closing you have to get close to the ground so I go through close to the ground and then I'd have to turn and I wouldn't correct my elevation back up. So when I turn, my wing would hit the ground and I'd die. And that happened so much. And then space elevator, same thing. Like I was like, then there's the little bump outs everywhere that you have to dodge. It was, it was tough. I'll tell you. Um, I started mission 20 at like 11 or 1030. And I was, like, out there maniacally, like, laughing because I just kept on blowing up, like, <laughs> screaming. It was it was Cuphead levels. And Emily came out at 3 a.m. She was up late oh. playing Hunt. And I was still, like, laughing at the TV. She was like, I thought you would be asleep, but you're out here maniacally laughing. And I go, why? What time is it? And it's 3 a.m. And like didn't feel like four hours passed but yeah i guess that's what happens when you just keep on retrying retrying something until you finally get it it feels that much better when you do i I can see i know what you're talking about i can see on expert control scheme like it would be tough to navigate through the tunnel and then the space elevator but when you're just driving a truck through the air not as bad (laughs) Yeah, some of that stuff was tight. I crashed a couple times, going too fast, and I slowed it down and got through there. But yeah, on expert controls, that seems really hard. Well, And even getting into the space elevator was really tight, you know? That's what I was going to say. The first hurdle is even getting into the tunnel, you know? (laughs) I'd hit one of those retaining walls. Okay, restart, listen to Count say his shit about me again. Go under, and then... (laughs) 
there was a checkpoint right before the room with the bottom of the space elevator so finally once i got there i didn't have to redo the whole tunnels again and again and then inside that room was like science and then getting into up into the elevator i died a lot before i even got in there a lot of times so yeah that was i would say the hardest turn of the mission was getting into the elevator yeah like it wasn't very clear exactly where you need to go and yeah and uh, then there was one time i made it out the top and i hit one of those cables and I exploded, and I had to do like another 50 tries before I beat it. <laughs> it was so sad. <laughs> On a different mission, I hit a cable or something, and I was kind of expecting just to pass through it. Like, I didn't think there'd be set up for a collision, so I was kind of surprised that they, they did. Yeah. All right. Um, let's just talk about story, story overall. Did you guys like it? Did you not? So yes. for me, I really like the story. I enjoyed like what we said, the cutscenes, the, the the character development, your your guy going from an elite pilot to a prisoner to an elite pilot again. I got so lost at the end. And maybe we should talk about the rest of the story before we talk about the end. So maybe I'll I'll hold off, but man, what the hell happened at the end? I, like the enemies weren't the enemies anymore; they're the allies, and the drones are the bad guys, and the Balkan guy isn't evil anymore. Like, what the fuck happened? Shout out to that guy's real name, by the way. That was hilarious in that cutscene. But I I thought this game, the first four missions, was so boring. And I was like, man, it's just going to be this generic military game. But then the mission where you're escorting Harling from the space elevator, from that point on, I was hooked. Yeah, so I guess we'll give a brief synopsis of the story, though. We're assuming everybody listening played the game. Essentially, like, you're a pilot, you become an ace pilot, you're going to escort like the president or somebody and then you're the one who shoots shoots him down in a cutscene. well it's left Are unclear you the one who shoots him down? it's left I, unclear whether yeah. it was you but it's blamed on you i swear i loved I how they did that the missile right before that cutscene started and i'm like did i do it yeah I don't know. yes it's so good how they do it because same thing i was like shit i didn't know there was friendly fire in this game <laughs> i thought there, i failed a, and it was gonna restart me right in front of his helicopter and you shoot your missile when it goes to cutscenes, and it shows you blowing up the president so then you go to this prison which before they were talking about this prison you didn't really know why and now trigger goes to this prison he becomes part of this group of prisoners they're using to fight the war with old plans and then you uh become a badass in that group and they let they promote your whole group to an actual squadron in the military and then you're back on like doing military missions for the actual military instead of part of this prison group and a lot of shit goes down like the president the princess's plane crashes there's the girl who's the mechanic who like talks to her i don't know there's this guy who 
is the greatest pilot of all time. They're monitoring him and his flights to make these drones because and then the drones become perfect and they try to upload their mainframe into the space elevator to infect all the pl drones in the world and then you'd have never-ending war and you stop it how'd i do on a story synopsis that was pretty good yeah <laughs> at some point they take out your comms you don't know who's friend or foe and yeah uh the granddaughters of the best pilot ever lived named mr x they end up destroying the hard drive that has the data on it and all this testing they were doing with mr x was killing him and he was sad that he'd never be able to fly again that was true death <sighs> so uh i thought the story was sweet like it did a lot of stuff i wasn't expecting and when a story can do that i really appreciate it because too many stories are just you can kind of guess what's going to happen next so this one always kept me guessing i like paul said i bounced off this game a couple times that's why it was on my backlog because the first handful of missions were so boring but once you get into it you get really invested i think and that speaks to um, the quality of the story and I've read online a lot they relate this story to being an anime story and I can kind of see it but it's just kind of a, a new and interesting setting for for this kind of storytelling and I, I think they killed it they knocked it out of the yeah what you said earlier about how completing a mission to get to the carrot of the next cutscene became so true after you shoot Harling's uh, helicopter down because it just gets wild and it's it's so nice and toward the end when the combat was starting to get repetitive I just just looking forward to that, that next cutscene because I needed to know how this shit ended there were some really like cinematic missions too like flying through those mountains with in the thunderstorm and like really cool um like this is you know an action movie but a game so fight dog fighting mix mr x or those drones that are just doing crazy shit like straight up in the sky dropping down and <laughs> i had a lot of fun in this game yeah one thing i really appreciated was that they built up like the other side almost as much as they built up our side, you know. We're looking at the story from two perspectives. We're looking at it from Mr. X and, and uh, the Belkin guy's perspective, and we're looking at it from our perspective, and then there's the princess in there as well who's kind of in the middle. Like, I thought it was cool that uh, you, you know that you're going to take out Mr. X eventually, but you get his whole backstory, and you're like, ah, he's not that bad of a guy and all that stuff, so... He just wants to fly. He doesn't care about the ground because his kingdom is the sky. He doesn't care about the war. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Never mind. <laughs> you got it right there. <laughs> cool. And your thoughts on the ending? You think they wrapped it up well? I know John already said he was confused, but 
I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah, so my understanding is that that I forget the name of the corporation, but they kind of orchestrated the war in order to get more data for their drones when they were like the true big bad pitting Yeruja and Osea against each other. Yeah. Uh, and they the the people from the country that got taken over and all displaced they decided that since they can't have a homeland anymore they just want it to be constant war forever. Similar story to kind of like for honor if you think about it check out our for honor episode yeah definitely something out of an anime what's that john i guess what confused me is like the erusian princess who's like i don't know for all intents and purposes of this story she's like the leader of erusia no one else is really brought up she doesn't really want war Osea doesn't seem like they really want war. Nobody really wants a war. This one company wants war. But if the governments don't want war, why is there war? I it just got me confused. And then at the very end, like five minutes ago, I'm shooting down Eurusian planes, and now they're like they're my wingmates. They're 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 flying with me. Like what what happens? Like. I don't understand how they confront Dr. Schroeder and he reveals um all of the stuff. Why did he do that? I don't get it. Like why did he flip like so fast? It's just strange to me. If his purpose, if his his drive is to create chaos in the world, why is he like admitting everything and going, "Yeah, we need to stop these drones as soon as he's, he's confronted." It's just to me, it just didn't make that I much sense. I think it's because he saw what it was doing to uh, Mikov or uh, Mr. X. You know, it kind of brought around his humanity and his granddaughters, you know, shot his hard drive, which was his life's work anyway. So he kind of lost, you know. I guess, but he still had three drones out there. Why not? gun down the people confronting you and let those drones upload the hard drive and or the information on them and hard drive was you didn't already lose destroyed. Yet. Not hard drive, but they had the data in the planes and the drones. Yeah, that's true. I just um the war was started because they took over the space elevator, right? And so kind of the central focus of the game was fighting over that space elevator mm-hmm. which i didn't mention it but in the wikipedia when they're talking about develop development of this game they use the method i forget what it's called some japanese name but where they have like three pillars of the game and then they build the story around those three pillars and i think the three subjects they picked were space elevator um like 3d cloud and uh one other thing talk amongst yourselves and i will find it (laughs) 
Yeah. So yeah. The, and I mean, the third one was Princess. Oh. Princess. <laughs> so. Oh. So you can kind of see how they went from there to the story that we got, and I think they did a pretty good job, even though it might be a little bit confusing on motives at the end. Yeah, I mean, I like the story. I wish they had picked different but... names for the factions. Eurusia and Oshia are too similar. Yeah. I, I said that at the very beginning. Yeah, I've had the same sentiment. I think we were Oshia, right, the whole time, and then... And what's Yuja? Yuja exists too. That's I know, a, that's they kept thing. saying the name wrong too. <laughs> the Yujin. You mean Yurujin? No, Yuja is also a place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it probably sounds better in Japanese. Yeah, maybe we should have played in Japanese. Anyway, uh, let's get on to the reception of this game. So when it came out, it got basically eights a couple sevens a couple nines uh it came out on pc playstation 4 and xbox one awards i was surprised it didn't win more it won award for sound at the cedec awards and it was nominated for best vr ar game at the 2019 golden joystick awards and that's it I'm surprised it didn't get more recognition because it seems like a pretty damn good game, in my opinion. I think the genre is just so niche, but it's not one of the popular niches, like roguelites. So it just didn't get the love that it deserved critically. So, um, in closing, I'd like to you guys to answer a couple questions for me. Based off... Uh, playing ace combat now uh do you guys like the genre more or less than before you played it much more i think uh dogfight games i i think there's definitely a place for them i think uh yeah this game was a lot of fun i feel pretty mixed because what i really liked about this game was the narrative because the the gameplay kind of got old like i was ready to be done flying planes by the end of mission 20 i've played a lot of games where they have a dogfight mission or it's like a part of the game it's not the entire game and i really like that i like when games like battlefield and star wars incorporate dogfighting as a part of the game i don't know if i want to play many games where the entire experience is dogfighting like they came out with uh, Star Wars Squadrons. I don't know if that has a campaign. It might just be multiplayer. But if it's just multiplayer, I wouldn't really be interested in playing it. I think what I like so much about Ace Combat 7 is the narrative and the gameplay was good. But I'm just not somebody who wants to experience a ton of that. I wonder if you changed your control system, if it would have been more interested and kept you hooked longer to expert probably it probably would have all right and next question you guys kind of already asked answered it but would you guys be interested in playing more dogfighting games now because it i like the genre a lot and i would be 
I think it'd be fun to jump into another with you guys or John if you, we want to wingman it up and jump into multiplayer. I'm I'm down. I know that it it's a pretty uh, barren genre right now. Actually, Paul mentioned Star Wars Squadrons. I think that's the last one that came out. Other than some of these other ones like Century, where you're flying dragons, you know. There's not. There's one lot. I heard of, but uh, I don't know the name of it. I'll see if I can find it while you guys talk. John. Yeah, I mean, from my side, I'm pretty excited to like get back into multiplayer now that I know more about the controls and know more, or now have the uh, credits to get better planes. Like, the multiplayer. We played we played a few hours of it. It was somewhat fun, but it was just us getting our asses kicked over and over again. Now that we have access to these good planes, we know how to use our our turns better and all that after playing the campaign, I think it would be a lot of fun. And I'm excited for the next one of these to come out. Yeah, right on. That was my, my hope in picking this game. Yeah, I'm definitely going to play 8 when it comes out. And I'll play multiplayer too. I I love uh, any game where you can queue up for matches and it, it's short. Yeah, I don't know how short the battle royales are, but it'd be it'd be fun just to try to be the last fly one around, last one flying, fly to the edge of the map, stay alive, <laughs> hide in the clouds. <laughs> All right, um, or Paul, if you find that game, let us know. But otherwise, it's called War Thunder. It's free to play. It's be other vehicles besides planes as well. I think it's really popular, actually. Yeah, I think there is like in that vein, world of you know, world of tanks, world of battleships. I think there is a world of planes that I think is popular with older generation. And maybe some younger too. I don't know. Yeah, I want more games like this where there's a narrative. It's built in UE4, UE5, hopefully for eight. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's score now. I'll start. I like this game. This game was good. Got annoyed with repetitive voice lines and the music. I think they could have done better. Overall, good game. 8.5 for me. Okay. Uh, I was glued to this game. I absolutely got fully immersed, put my headphones on, turned my volume all the way up, and was just stuck to my screen while I was playing this. My first sitting, I played 10 missions. Wow. I, uh, I got hooked. I really had a lot of fun, enjoyed this game a lot for all of the points we've already talked about. So I'll give this a 9 out of 10. Nice. Yeah, I'd echo a lot of what you guys said. I had a lot of fun. The gameplay is really engaging. You can, even with the default control scheme, you can still do some pretty cool stuff with the high G turns. You can maneuver and drop behind guys who are on your six. And then shoot a missile and blow them up. Like it's got a cool factor that a lot of other combat focused games don't have. The story really good. 
like 10 out of 10 anime story. Uh, I think overall the gameplay is clean. The care, I, th I think my biggest criticism is just the characters. I just didn't connect with them as much as uh, World War II squadrons, those people. Like that game is so zany and cheesy. And like you guys know from Resident Evil 4 that that's the kind of stuff that really gets me. Um, gameplay got a little competitive by the end. Just the dog fighting against AI. I would like to get into the multiplayer scene and play against actual human opponents. I think that's got infinite uh, more interesting, more intrigue for me. Uh, but overall, I'd give this game a, a 7.5 out of 10. Ooh, harsh. Yeah, I do want to comment on that. Typically, John is the very last one to beat a game before we record. Like, always the last. And for this game, you beat it first, John. I beat it first by quite a bit. I beat it in like three sittings in three days. Which is... Yeah, I, I liked this game. Sign of a good game. All right, up next we got John's pick. Uh, John, what are you picking? All right, for my pick, I am going to pick a game that I am currently hooked to because I want to continue playing it. And that game is Temtem, the Pokemon knockoff. MMO. I've been playing a lot of it lately. Uh, really enjoying what I can do in it. All the all the options and it's a pretty good uh it's a pretty good online Pokemon game. It's like exactly what I've always wanted, an MMO style Pokemon game. So I'm excited to make you guys play it. Yeah. I've been playing this too and uh what typically makes me quit most Pokemon knockoffs is I don't like the monsters as much as Pokemon, right? They just fumble on making the monsters cool. But there's a lot of Temtem that I I really like, and so I, I've been playing a lot too and been stuck to it because of the world they made and the monsters they made. So I'm looking forward to playing it some more and talking with you guys about it. Yeah, it's been a while since I played a mainline Pokemon game. The formula kind of got stale for me, but I'm excited to see another another developer's take on on Pokemon. So I'm looking forward to it, John. Right on. So that does it for episode 24, Ace Combat Seven. Thanks for listening. If you listen this far, if you could share it with a friend, we'd appreciate it. If you have questions, comments. Email us at giantsofbacklog.com at gmail.com. And uh, we'll do a community email response episode at some point when we get enough emails. Uh, otherwise, um, thanks for watching. Like it if you don't mind. Subscribe if you want to catch all of our episodes. And we'll catch you next time.